This podcast contains strong language and adult themes. Listener's discretion is advised. Look at that. What is that? What, uh, what is that? I, 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 did, I don't know. Those, look at those levels. Those levels are normal. I know. It's, I don't know. It's it's just, it's freaking out on me. Did you try unplugging and replugging the mic? What, I, I did. It didn't work. What you are about to hear is real. On May 22nd, 2022, the hosts of the podcast A Page Too Far were attacked by a demon. This audio is the only remaining evidence of the event. Listener's discretion is advised. Hello, and welcome to A Page Too Far, the show where each week one of us reads a book and tells the other all about it. Will it be bad? Will it be good? Let's find out. <laughs> I'm trying so hard to keep it straight. My name is K, and this is my co-host, Boy. <laughs> I hope I sounded somewhat similar to you. You were very close. You, the the boy is a little bit higher pitched, but yeah. like that's really hard to do. <laughs> um, the the K was on point. That's- Thank you. Thank you. That's too high. Bye. Uh, so how are you doing? Do 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 Actually, never finished that game. Actually, really? No, it's a big game. It is, and they repeat a lot of bosses, and I'm like, fuck this. Do they? Toward the end, you have to like do all of the bosses. Oh, that's right. That's right. The gauntlet before the and I'm like, this is so dumb. Yeah, I forgot about that. That's like the, that is the end. Yeah, it is the end though. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean you got you just didn't do like the hardest gauntlet, which is the the climb up the Look, tower. You know me. If there's just one thing in the game oh, I know. that sticks in my craw, I will drop the fucker. Yeah. I'm, I'm I dropped aware. Bloodborne because of uh what was his name? Mikhail the Mad? Mi- or what? Mikhail? Mikhail the Mad. Yeah. And he does a little running around shit and you have to chase him. I'm yeah. like, no, fuck in this. The, in the the institute yeah. or whatever. And I dropped the game. So yeah. it's like I no. And that was after like four restarts too. Uh, well, that was because someone kept deleting my save. <laughs> One of my roommates. Gotcha. Uh, so, ghosts. You know them. You love them. I love them. I've always been a big fan of ghost stories. You have. And uh, paranormal stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got me into a, li- a little bit. A little bit? Yeah. <laughs> like, I was I was at zero. Yeah. Then you introduced me to the podcast, This Paranormal Life, which is fantastic. Yeah, but great. I, I don't really listen to it that much. But, hey, every once in a while. Uh, usually when I'm traveling. And then, um... You got me into like, I don't want to say you got me into horror. You've made me watch some horror, but you've gotten yeah. me into more paranormal, like Hill House, Bly Manor, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are fun. Guess who else is a fan of ghosts? Is it Henry Cavill? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to say the, one way or another. The first name that came to mind. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he likes Warhammer 40K, so I'm sure he likes ghosts. Probably. Probably, yeah. Zach Baggins. I don't know who that is. You don't know who that is? Not by name. How dare you? Yeah. So Let Zach me stand ba- in for our audience and say, <laughs> okay, I know who that is, but like if our audience right. doesn't know. Okay, so for the benefit of the audience, let me explain. Zach Baggins is a paranormal investigator, television personality, and collector of haunted artifacts. You did tell me about him. Yes. You told you told me about him, I think, when you picked this book up. 
Yes, uh, most people know him from his hit series Ghost Adventures. Yes, on the Travel Channel. Uh, Zach Baggins is afraid of flying. He hates dolls, and he wears X body spray. <laughs> I can appreciate one of those three things. <laughs> These are three things I learned while reading the book. Huh. Um, like when you did the moonology, and you learned the moon orbits around the Earth. So this week's book is titled "I Am Haunted." Subtitle: Living Life Through the Dead. Oh. It is written by Zach Baggins okay, and Kelly Krigger. Oh, of the St. Louis Kriggers. <laughs> sure. I don't know. I don't know. I, you, Kelly Krigger isn't brought up in this book, so I don't know who the fuck he is. Oh, um, or she. So this book, I don't know how I'd classify this book. I honestly don't. You could classify it as woo-woo. Okay. But it's not really about woo-woo, kind of. <laughs> I don't is, know. is it about living life through woo woo or is it about this? It's, like, it's not about what woo woo does for you. It's 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 literally just about Zach Baggins. Oh, it's it's not about ghosts. It's not. It, he get, touches a little bit on some things, but it all just has to do with him. He was like, this is my experience and how it affected me mm-hmm. and what I believe and how I made zillions of dollars. Yeah, me, 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 me. <laughs> Sounds like it's going to be a great book. Yeah, a great book. It was published in 2015 by Victory Belt Publishing. Victory Belt. And uh, it's 272 pages it's long. One letter off from a Pokemon. So like I said, this book is a very weird book. Um, it's it's I, I expected him to talk about ghosts. Yeah, yeah, you know, because it's how he kind of made his whole career. Yeah, and, and uh, no, it's really just like... Look how cool I am. <laughs> oh. <laughs> right? I wonder if Kelly was the, like a ghostwriter. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And I'm only half joking. <laughs> uh, no. So here's how the book was written. Because he explains it at the beginning of this book. Oh, well, there you go. So he just recorded on a, a, little, a little audio recorder. Sure. His thoughts mm-hmm. and things he wanted in his book. Mm-hmm. And Kelly Krigger wrote it down. Transcribed it. So he was a ghostwriter. No, because he's credited. Ghostwriters are not credited. It's the same thing. No, it's not. I mean, it is. He's a co-writer. They work together to write a book. A ghostwriter just writes and then one person takes credit. I need to rewatch that movie. Ghostwriter? Yeah. I didn't know it was a movie. Yeah, it's Ewan McGregor and Pierce Brosnan. It's actually really good. Wow. Yeah. Nobody's heard of it. There's that movie about how Shakespeare had a ghostwriter, but then his ghostwriter also had a ghostwriter, and he was a nobleman, and he couldn't put his name on his work because he was a nobleman. Yeah. Yeah. It was seen as very uh, lower class. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good movie. So this is the cover of the book. Oh, it's, I, I can only assume that that's Zach Baggins. That's Zach Baggins. Uh, going down into, um, what's the name of the place that Aragorn goes underground? Uh, it's the City of the Dead. The City of the Dead, yeah. Okay. There's there's a name for like the passage that they go through. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, uh, it's it's got like little mystical women. One of them is grabbing his booby. Um, <laughs> and there's also like a phantom dark wraith kind of looking looks more masculine than feminine so he's got all kinds he's also got a belt that's studded and has a skull for a belt buckle yeah man um and he's wearing a a a silver cross pendant looking kind of thing if you had shown me that and asked me to describe what year it came out i would have said 2003 yeah he seems to be stuck in that year yeah (laughs) really um but i thought this was an amazing cover so i want to show you a picture another one uh, yes, a picture. So throughout this entire book, he litters the book with pictures of himself. Oh. And they are the most self-indulgent, sure. edgy photos 
I've ever seen. So here's one at the end of the first chapter. It's him holding out his hand and the caption says, take my hand and I'll show you. Yep. And it has got the, his best blue steel on. Yep. 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 He also has, uh, I, I can only describe them as like a hipster bracelet. Yeah. Where it's like a beaded bracelet with a metal plate on one side of it. Yep. He's, uh, he's styling man. Yeah. Through this, uh, you know. But it's like, I would say that looks like something Matt Mercer would wear, but then that would mean like I'm insulting Matt, Matt Mercer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he, uh, he loves himself. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, let's, let's dive in. I am haunted living life through the dead. So the introduction of this book kind of explains that he is just talking his thoughts at a recorder and sending it to his friend, Kelly Krieger, to write down. Mm -hmm. He kind of explains this is how this book is written. And it shows the book is very meandering, very scatterbrained. Okay. And just all over the fucking place. (laughs) That's kind of similar to um, Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis, because I think that book started out as a radio discussion. Okay. Which he then transcribed. And I think they put some thought into organizing it because it's definitely, it's not really scatterbrained, but it's, it's very like he says in, in the introduction to that one, he's like, um, this was never meant to be a book. Right. So it's going to be presented in a completely different format. Right. 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 Um, this just sounds very similar to that. I've, I've thought about doing that. I did that for my notes once. You did do that for your notes once. <laughs> once. <laughs> exactly. Once. <laughs> So I'm going to read you word for word a bit of the introduction to give you a feel of Ooh, yeah. what, what kind of guy Let's this is. See how this okay. guy writes. I've traveled the world searching the darkest nooks and crannies of places only talked about in whispers, places most people fear to go. I've been through the ringer of emotions from boundless joy to profound sorrow and paralyzing fear. I've stood on the edge of the abyss and faced death with an uncommon clarity. I've prodded and provoked things we don't understand in an effort to learn their secrets, in some cases hoping deep down inside that I wouldn't. I've called out axe murderers, crawled through catacombs, been attacked by demons, been possessed by evil, and embarked on a quest to find the real Dracula. Do you get you get an idea of what kind of guy this is? It, it seems like he's very straightforward, very, I would say, down to earth. Yeah. <laughs> Just very... um. No bones about it, right? He just says it as yeah. it is. Uh, uh, doesn't un- hyperinflate, doesn't exaggerate. Uh, astounding humility. Yes, just yes, yes. Really. Most humble person of the year. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly think that this guy's narcissism is on par with Jared Leto. Wow. It's, it's okay. so fucking bad. Does he have a sex cult? He might. He just might. I don't know. He's, he's not a bad looking guy. Sure, sure. So, in the first chapter of the book, he talks about uh, how he used to be a normal person. Okay. But after Ghost Adventures, his show, uh, he became less attached to the material world. The more time he spent with spirits and those beyond the grave, he felt like, oh, all this stuff just isn't important, you know? I gotta focus on what's really important, my eternal life after death. Let me ask you a question. Yes. How much money does he have? He's a, he's a millionaire. He has millions of dollars. I don't believe him. <laughs> I don't... <laughs> So, shocker, I don't believe him either. I I believe very few things written in this book. I believe that he believes it, but I don't believe that he's acting it. Uh, Bro, I don't even believe that he believes it. You think he's just straight up lying? I think he's a wholesale Hollywood bullshitter. Okay. 
All right. He uh, he very much comes off to me as the classic Hollywood scumbag that will do anything yeah. to keep his fame and fortune. Okay. I that's him, I think. <laughs> like yeah. Uh so this part of the book is very much like I'm not like the other girls. Uh <laughs> just I, I just found a subreddit that was devoted to that the other yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. I think it's called Not Like Other Girls. Uh so he uh he throws some shade. He says that other paranormal investigators are snorkeling in 10 feet of water while he's at the bottom of the Mariana Trench. He's dead. Yeah, he's been crushed by the weight of all that water. Several times over. He Uh, actually never made it to the bottom. (laughs) That's true. He didn't. (laughs) Uh, Even if he could withstand the pressure, something ate him. Yeah. And then later in the book, he says how he he wouldn't talk down to other investigators. But you just did. (laughs) Like, maybe not to their faces. Right. Oh, probably not their face. Although he is, he's got to sell himself. He is apparently very confrontational. So uh, maybe he would. But yeah, he's like uh, all these other fools don't know what the fuck they're doing. And then later, he's just like, you know, I don't want to get down on other investigators because they do their best. And like anyone who's into this, uh, their 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 hearts in the right place. So what you're saying is he should run for any political office. Basically, yeah. Uh, So he he bitches a little bit about people who ask for proof of ghosts. Okay. Isn't um, that his job? <laughs> that's kind of what his whole show is about. Yeah, that's that's his whole shtick. Yeah, is oh, finding proof hurts. of ghosts. Uh, but he says that science changes every day. True. No, it's not. I mean, it it is, but not in no. the sense <laughs> not in the sense that he means it. So, science the scientific consensus changes every day. The scientific method has never changed. <laughs> right. But when you say science, you're not necessarily referring to the scientific method. You're, you're referring to the technology and the evidence science, that about from it. If you're just saying science, then I can only conclude you're referring to the concept of science, which hasn't changed either. I mean, I disagree. I think if you say <laughs> science, you're referring, usually people are referring to the things science has brought, the changes that science has made. See, I don't think that. I think when you think science, I just think... Like the method, like the process of learning information. Right. But I, I understand where you come from, but I don't think that's what people think when they say science. People are stupid. People don't say something to mean the process of the thing. They usually mean the results. They're dumb. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying they should or should. Let us know what you think. When we yeah, say, let us know. When we say uh, we're going to talk about science, do you think we're going to talk about the results of said experiments or the nature of the experiments themselves? Usually it encompasses both. But, well, it should, in my opinion. But uh, but yeah, I, I think he's right in that when he says science changes every day, he means I can't believe I'm justifying this. <laughs> he means that we learn new things and technology grows every day and that where we were 10 years ago is completely different than where we are now. That's what he's going for. Right. But that's not technically what he said. Right. And, and also that makes no goddamn sense to not trust in the thing that is at the forefront of society. That's true. Like, like, like the, the scientific method ensures that we get the most probable factual solution possible. Right. Because through you, that process, you, you come up with an experiment, you yeah, see yeah. the results and then you do it again and again yeah. and again and again. So it's through science that we have the best possible answer. Mm hmm. For whatever we're applying that to. Right. Why the fuck would you not trust in that? I mean. Was, is that what he's saying though? I mean, I guess he didn't finish the thought. That, well, that's what off, he's saying is because people are always asking for scientific proof. And he's like, science is not the end all be all. So oh, I if see. you okay. had scientific proof, that that doesn't really mean anything. 
and I would disagree. <laughs> yeah, I, that I mean, that's the in in my mind again, being kind of a novice in this world. That's the whole debate, though, isn't it? Yes. Uh, in the paranormal, is it's paranormal? It's yeah. not, you know, it's beyond what we can observe in a controlled environment. Right. So, right. Of course, yeah. Uh, not, I'm not dogging on his belief in ghosts or anyone's belief in ghosts. I'm dogging on the fact that he's saying science can't be trusted because it changes all the time, according to him. Mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. That's the problem I have. Maybe it's we like, just haven't found it, the right tools yet. It, it always changes for the better, though. Like, why would <laughs> I just? Okay. That's an interesting statement. I'll have to think about that. Science always changes for the better. It depends on the definition of better, I should yeah, say. Yeah. It, it's, uh, uh, science, can, scientific consensus changes for the for the betterment uh god that's it's not even the betterment of humanity no that's such a it's heavy done some horrible thing i shouldn't have spoken so soon god it's, that's it's a very, heavy no it's like because science itself is amoral right yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. technology does not have a good or a bad uh right uh descriptor to it inherently it's however it's how how you use it which implies all of the guilt on the person rather than right the technology itself i guess it always betters efficiency and uh, fucking, I don't even know how to quantify it. Hmm. If you're saying better from a technological standpoint, right? it would stand because, well, even then, like, because <laughs> like the, 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 the coal engine, yeah, right? The steam engine is better than a horse and cart at getting things around, but it's ultimately one of the factors that leads to the fact that the earth is yeah. dying. Uh, and humanity is killing it. So, like, is it better in that sense? But arguably, you can't advance to a certain point without that sacrifice. Right, right. So, it's so is science evil? Did no. we just determine? No, 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 no. <laughs> it's just, uh, it's just like it doesn't determine how long you stick in that in that phase. Uh, like, we probably could have rushed through coal power pretty fucking quick if we had devoted all of our energy to it. Mm-hmm. But once mm-hmm. we had coal, everybody's like, ah, that works great. Why change it? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's true. That's so true. It wasn't we, the science itself that did it. It was the fact yeah. that human beings are stupid. Yeah. And we we know for a fact now that it is horribly harmful along with fossil fuels, but we still aren't moving on from it, mm-hmm. which is really frustrating. Mm-hmm. Let's move on. This is way too bogged down. So yeah, for sure. Uh, <clears throat> so throughout this book, he does a lot of humble bragging and a lot of just straight up bragging. Yeah. Uh, he's really cool, uh, but at the same time, he's like, man, I'm just a normal guy who's got millions of dollars, a hit TV show, and does whatever the fuck he wants. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> he, he keeps saying that he's over from and Jersey over. Shore. Yeah, no, he he is, uh, this guy is like such a fucking meme. Um, he, he's constantly saying what a down-to-earth normal guy he is, but then he just talks about how awesome he is. Isn't his job supposed to be not down-to-earth? Right, like... <laughs> <laughs> and this is this like is what, explicitly. So this is what I think is that he he is just a just a bro guy. Okay. Who has a certain level of charisma. Sure. I don't think he's very intelligent. Everything he says that I've seen in video mm-hmm. and everything in this book feels like someone who dropped out of high school. He just oh. doesn't sound very intelligent when he describes things. Interesting. And and we'll we'll talk about that. But do you I think do you think he's appealing to that market? Like not not that they dropped out of high school, but that he's he's being overly simple to appeal to a wider audience. Ah, uh, that's a thought. I don't know. He could be very simple in his portrayal of his caricature or whatever. Because that I mean that could be a thing too. Where like if if you keep up a persona long enough, eventually it becomes who you are. Yeah, yeah. So he and could, I, I think that's what's happened is that he has become this big personality mm-hmm. and he has stuck with it for so long. And now it's just informed his actual personality. Yeah. So I guess 
I guess I would say he started out as a Hollywood bullshitter and now he's just evolved into this thing. Okay. <laughs> that's that's just this big bro personality that takes on ghosts and everybody sees him like that. Yeah, Giga Chad just, Zach. He's just kind of stuck at that. Yeah. Know? Interesting. So chapter two, he talks about his crew members. Uh, you got Aaron, his best friend. You got Billy, Jay, and Jay's wife, Ashley. Cousin um, Daryl, my other cousin Daryl. I'm not going to talk about them at all because they're boring. Um, he believes that when the crew is together, mm-hmm. there's a synergy, right? Sure. And they form, quote, a psychic triangle that opens a portal and allows spirits to communicate with them. But there's more than three of them. There is. It's a wonky triangle. Yeah. <laughs> By definition, that's not a triangle. <laughs> I mean, hey, far um, be it for me to dispute Unless this. psychic triangles don't adhere to the rules of geometric triangles. That's right. Yeah. It's you know? otherworldly. It's yeah, that's true. Astral that's true. plane. You know, it all makes sense. Uh, in chapter three, he talks uh, about the demon house. Um, the demon house is pretty well known at this point. I think if you know who Zach Baggins is. So basically, uh, it came to his attention that there was a family in Gary, Indiana. Oh, I've heard of this. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're being tormented by a demon. Yeah. One of their son was uh, possessed and he Just called like one of the wall. only things I know about Indiana. Yeah. Okay. So anyways, he hears about this, this house. Mm-hmm. Uh, and immediately he wants a piece of that cake. Of course. Right. And does, has he already had his show at this point? Yes. Or is this, okay. So this is just something else that would further the show. Yes. Got his it. show is successful. And he also makes like documentaries aside from his show. He likes to make documentaries. That tracks. That, that totally tracks. Yeah. And he'll go to weird places where there's like occult rituals and just document it. Right. Cool. Uh, it's, he does actually some pretty legitimate <laughs> work in that regard. Um, when he's not bullshitting. Yeah. But I mean, but at the same time, he'll like, he'll just pump it up. Right. Right. Yeah. He'll be like, oh, there's this, uh, this forbidden ritual. Let's fucking do it. And you could do it on me. And like, yeah, just throw a curse on me. We'll see what happens. <laughs> and like, he does shit like that. Hmm. <laughs> there's moments in his show. Like I've, I've seen a few clips. I haven't watched a lot of a show, but there's clips of him where a ghost is like, uh, quote unquote getting violent with them yeah, like yeah. In, in their portrayal of the events it's getting violent it's scratching someone and he'll he'll fucking take his shirt off and be like come on bro come on fucking scratch me bro I dare you come at me pussy and he'll like aggravate the ghost. wow <laughs> it's the uh, it's funny. the classic um and, and he's t- again you like you said he's taking up to 11 but the the classic of like if you hear there's a monster in the woods even if you don't believe in the monster, would you still go into the woods or not? And he's just like, yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. Freaking do it. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so Baggins, he wants a piece of that cake. Yeah. So he, uh, <laughs> this part of the book is so funny because it's so obvious how two-faced he is. Because he he multiple times will bring up, this is a great opportunity to, to make money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I can go mm-hmm. there. I can document this. I can put my spin on it and sell it to a network. Like he just says that in the book, but then at the, yeah. at the same time, he he's like, but I'm only interested. This is only like an academic interest. Oh, I just okay. want to learn about what is happening in this house and I want to help the family. But it's not because you're intending to profit on yeah, it. Yeah. He's literally, I could, <laughs> I could totally justify him saying, yes, we're going to make a profit on this because I need money to live. Yes. And if you can make more than that, good for you. Yeah. But to then be the two faced about it and say, yeah. you know, if this dude is just straight up, like I'm about yeah being, being the show guy yeah i'm the show guy i make money off of this stuff yeah no problem. but this stuff's awesome it's no problem at all but he's constantly saying yeah like oh this is all altruistic that, i yeah, just want to that's help the that's the issue it's so bullshit there's the rub as they say uh so 
there's a whole uh, this, so this book do you remember the summer with the leprechauns yeah how i said she went through painful detail about very mundane things right day after day after day this book does a lot of that too oh boy so essentially he buys the house but it goes like for pages on how that process worked sure and I'm like, none of this is even remotely interesting. Yeah. It's just like, I tried to get a hold of the family, but they had moved out and there's a new family renting the place. So I got a hold of the landlord and he wanted to se- or I offered to sell him. You know, he bought the house is the point. Right. Right. He bought it for 35 grand. Not bad. No, not bad at all. I mean, it is haunted. So it's yeah. probably cheap. Yeah. So he decides he wants to uh, make a documentary about it. And he reaches out to a few people who are involved in the case. So there was some police people. Okay. There was a sheriff and like two detectives okay. who had witnessed things. Uh, there was a priest who came in to try to perform an exorcism. Of course. And failed. Classic. Uh, and then, of course, there were the family members. There was a reporter who broke the story in the local newspaper, mm-hmm. which set everything off. And most of them don't want to talk to him. Uh, the family is completely like, they're not talking to anybody. Right. Like we're done. We're, yeah. we're out of the place. We don't want it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they don't want to talk to anyone about this ever again. They want to blame about it. Um, the police chief, uh, would talk with him. So he did interviews with the police chief. Okay. And the police chief was like, yeah, man, I shit my pants in there. It was so scary. And, uh, as along with the priest, so the priest and the police chief agreed to do interviews with him. Interesting. But the reporter who broke the story said, no, she would not agree to an interview, but she would be willing to interview him about the documentary he's making. (laughs) So the reporter's like, I'm not going to answer your questions, but can you answer my questions? (laughs) The audience can see this, but I'm squinting very heavily. Yeah. uh, The balls on that woman. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I guess guess you have to be ballsy to be a reporter. Right. At least a good one. But that's like fucking insulting. (laughs) Yeah, for real. So Baggins claims that during the production of this documentary, he brought in some reporters. Uh, so these are reporters who want to know about his documentary, not mm-hmm. including the one who who wouldn't talk to him. Yeah, it's you don't get a spot ones. in the show. Yeah, no, they're from the Inside Edition, I think he said. And he brings them into the house, but then one of them is attacked by a demon. Oh. Uh, he d- doesn't go into details of what that means. Oh. Um, they're just attacked by a demon. Uh, and so he has them get out. He's like, oh, get out, get out, get out, get out. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Like, dude, it's a demon house. What do you expect? Yeah. I mean, at like, the very worst, <laughs> at the at the very best, nothing happens, right? Right. And that's not a very good bar to set. So yeah, someone, someone got fucking attacked by a demon. Yeah. And he stopped inviting people into the house. And he's like, yeah, no, I'm just going to go solo. I'm not going to let anybody else get hurt, uh, which is admirable. I don't know if any of this is made up or real, but I'm operating and I'm a skeptic. Yeah. Very heavily. I'm operating under the assumption that there's nothing going on. And what actually happened was the reporter walked in. He slapped him in the back of the head and said, (laughs) oops, sorry, a demon made me do it. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, he he pulls some shit that he blames on demons. For sure. The devil made me do it. Absolutely. I would expect nothing less. Uh, so as the production goes on, he finds that the more time he spends in the house, the more irritable he gets, the more he lashes out. And he's like, this is obviously the demon influencing me. It's clearly not because you're isolating. And he, he claims that, um, so he eventually did bring in some of his crew, like his little inner circle yeah. to come in the and help triangle. him. Yeah, to help him film because he trusts them. And he claims that he he was briefly possessed by the demon and he turned on one of them. Actually, I, you know what? I don't know if this is one of his crew or just a random person. He doesn't really be specific. He mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. says he turned on a 200-pound man and picked him up and pinned him against the wall. Hmm. Uh, and that the demon possession gave him superhuman strength. 
kind of vague on that account. A little bit, a little bit. But also the guy, the guy works, the guy works out, obviously. He's, he's pretty yeah, beefy. And, I mean, and it's not like if the guy is freaking out and not sure what's going on. Yeah. Not going to be hard to hold him to a wall. And, and like, it, it, is he resisting you? I don't know. There's no details. Yeah. <laughs> so like, yeah, that's that, so something happened. Um, I, I made a note here that Baggins is really bad at drawing comparisons. Yeah. Uh, I, <laughs> the way the fucking book is written is just fucking hilarious. Um, so this is, this is word for word from the book. He, he's compl- he's bitching about a guy who called him, uh, because another guy wanted like the movie rights on the house or something. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to film at the house and Baggins was like, fuck off. This is my thing. Yeah. And so Baggins is just complaining about the guy and he says, this guy threw his money around like it was morals and he was a better person because he had more, more money. That is. Yeah. That logic doesn't work. That's like saying the sun revolves around the earth. <laughs> why is money morals and why is the sun and the earth a part of the equation? Right, they have nothing to do with Like, they're not even. No. What? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> no. That, that, those two comparisons, both of those comparisons didn't make sense. He used a comparison on a simile. Yeah. No, it's, um, it's weird. And also, when people believe that the sun revolved around the earth, it was because based on the information they had, that was the most logical assumption. Right. Like, that's not... <laughs> people shit on what people used to believe in the in the past, but they, they didn't have the tools we had. Right. So they, they took whatever information they could observe and came to a logical conclusion. Because if you're on the earth and you just watch the sun, it looks like it's going around you. <laughs> like, right. But that, I mean, yes. But that also isn't the point of what he's saying. Though. No, I, I I understand what he's trying to say, but he sh- he should have said something like he uh, shouldn't have made those comparisons. No, like, he, he shouldn't have made. But let's say I was going to do that. I would say like uh, just because you have a lot of shoes doesn't mean you can run faster than me. Yeah, or something remotely yeah. close to what he was saying. Yeah. Like, uh, anyways, say anything else. So he he <laughs> he keeps saying again and again and again that money doesn't matter to him. But then he keeps bringing up this documentary and how successful it's going to be yep. and like how all these plans he's going to make for other shows. The two-facedness. It's so, it's so slimy. So he ends uh, that chapter about the Demon House with a teaser for the movie Demon House, which is out now. You can rent it on Amazon. Oh, wow. I won't. Yeah. No, <laughs> I've, I watched a review someone made of it. And it looked just really, really boring. And yeah, they were like, yeah, this, they, they, they hype up this demon in the house and then like a chair gets pushed over and that's like the end. <laughs> like nothing happens. In it. Oh, he says he finds the dead more interesting than the living because they have more secrets to discover. That's fair. He can talk to a living person and learn their secrets pretty quickly. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I guess it means he's easy to talk to. It's a weird flex. Or he's just nosy. That's just a weird fucking thing to say. Hey, what's your secret? Like, yeah, yeah, man. What are you that, hiding? See that guy over there? I bet you I could learn all his secrets in like five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Turns out dude's an axe murderer. I called him out. <laughs> yeah. It must be so easy to talk to. He's like, yeah, you hunt ghosts and shit. That's crazy. I like cut off people's heads and like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Oops. There I go spilling again. <laughs> and he continues, but the dead are tough nuts to crack. Well, they're dead. Yeah. They're not talking very well. I would assume, you know? He talks about finding cold murder cases that like from decades ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then solving them by communicating with the spirits. Show me one. (laughs) 
So this is a this is a Steven Seagal situation. For real. He's literally the only one saying this. Nobody can corroborate. Yeah. He doesn't go into any detail about this. Show me one actual police report where you did this. And like, if you could successfully solve those cases, wouldn't that be the biggest news in the world? Yes. Like, how the fuck were you able to do this? I would know who he is. Yeah. Like, bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> that didn't happen. Uh, he talks about his abilities as an empath and compares himself to Neo in the Matrix. <laughs> Why, what? Is, Neo is not an empath. Uh, well, he he says that like the way Neo can plug in, he just gets stuff. He can like download information. That's how I work with people. Oh, I see. I can talk to someone and get exactly how they feel. The, again, those two comparisons don't. Correlate. Yeah, no, he sucks at comparisons. <laughs> yeah, because Neo actually has to have things installed into his brain. Yeah, it's uh, like and, and that's not a natural a ability doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> As opposed to just going up to somebody and understanding what they're trying to tell you. Right. Uh, he starts throwing some more shade. He says that other TV personality empaths and psychics are all bullshitters and posers. I agree with that. But remember, he did say, <laughs> I'm not going to put anyone down. Right, exactly. No, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying he's not, but I'm agreeing with him that they are. Right, right. <laughs> I, I feel like if you have that ability and you want to go make a show about it. Yeah. I don't know. I'm less likely to believe you. you know? Yeah. <sighs> so he's he, good at something. Never do it for free. That's true. I mean, if you can make a living... Man, whatever. It's muddy water. I don't care. <laughs> so he spends a whole chapter talking about uh, Ghost Adventures Aftershocks, which is a spinoff. Okay. And uh, the show is basically they bring people back who were in previous episodes. Oh, yeah. And talk about what's happened since. Yeah. And, and they do a lot of crying. Yep. And it it sounds really he shitty. He saved our marriage. Yeah. And, uh, and he talks about how much good his shows do for people and how much good he does for people through his talking to spirits okay can i get a source on that that isn't from you uh well he, he well him i mean he he'll, he'll he says a lot of a lot of uh, an amazing amount of people write to me and talk about how my show has really helped them oh give me an example he doesn't there we go <laughs> he doesn't go into specifics either now i hear this a lot from people who are influencers sure or sure sure personalities like people do that they write in they say hey you they helped do. me through a tough time yeah and a lot of times it's true um I don't know about ghost adventures. <laughs> People running around and pretending to be scared by ghosts. I can see that there would be an audience. Yeah. Because totally. there are all kinds of people. Yeah. There would be an audience member who would say, I was on the brink of whatever, but then I saw your show. It made me laugh. It helped me. Yada, yada. Sure. I could see someone saying that. Okay. I don't believe it's all <laughs> kinds of letters from all these people I helped. And right, right, right. Maybe I, one. I, yeah, I'm thinking like, I'll bet dude gets less legitimate mail than we do. Probably, yeah. Um, it, he also shits on Shark Tank. And Why? I'm, I'm kind of like, man, fuck you. I like that show. <laughs> Why them? <laughs> well, he, he talks about uh, how money makes people horrible and, and all the millionaires on there, who the investors, yeah. are just horrible people. Are they? Isn't Mark Cuban kind of like one I, of the best billionaires I, around? Yeah, I don't think they're horrible people. They're just very uh, stern yeah. when it comes to their money. Yeah. Because <laughs> you have someone roll in with some bullshit and they're like, so like, you expect this to make money? Okay, well, I, I want at least like 90% cut then because I don't think this is going to sell that well. Right. It's like, 
But he's looking at that like, man, these horrible assholes are horrible because they're rich. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I do think that wealth does have a certain corrosive quality on the soul. Power corrupts. But I just thought that was funny. He's just shitting. Oh, interesting. Oh, in the cherry on top. The very end of this chapter, because he puts a a picture at the end of every chapter. Oh, yeah. Okay. He puts a picture of himself donating $10,000 to a charity. (laughs) Wow. It's a big check. Wow. It's a big check. It's so funny. Oh, my God. Always the humble man. That's a drop in the bucket if you're a millionaire. Yeah. So every, all the, the members of the crew, of the investigation crew, yeah. have different ways of preparing for investigation. Sure, sure. They different on, rituals right? they do, different things. Yeah. And what Baggins does is he listens to music that fits the geography and era of the location he's going to. Interesting. So- the geography, the place it's located. Right. What's a, what's a local music in that place? Maybe it's uh, jazz if it's Cajun or something, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah, it, yeah. What's, the, what's the geography? And then history of the place. When was it made? When was the place built? Right. Let's go back to that era. What was the, f- the popular music in this place at that time? I mean, good luck finding some of that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so that's, that's how he prepares. He gets in the mindset of that time period. And he says, and I'm not making this up. For Native American reservations, because he's done investigations in some. Oh, no. Oh, no. He listens to the Apocalypto soundtrack. No, 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 you're wrong. You, you read that, that wrong. No, I'm not making that up. Please. 